Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi there and welcome to the Explaining History podcast and today I'm going to talk about uh, Hermann Goering's appointment as the Reichsplanipotentiary for the Office of the Four-Year Plan. The Office of the Four-Year Plan being uh, Hitler's government ministry that was dedicated to preparing Germany to be autarkic and ready for war by 1940. The um, war actually begins a year ahead of schedule, but the Office of the Four-Year Plan was um, the the way in which Hitler uh, replaced Yalmar Schacht, his um, head of the Reichsbank, who was the chairman of the Reichsbank, um, who was in Hitler's eyes overly cautious by 1936. The German economy is overheating due to rearmament, and there are a number of other um, unintended and unforeseen, or at least unforeseen by Hitler, uh, economic side effects uh, of rapid rearmament. And uh, Yalmar Schacht essentially says to Hitler, we need to slow down. Hitler, not an economist, isn't interested in um, anything Schacht has to say, particularly um, slowing down the pace of rearmament. Hitler is interested in one thing, and that is preparing for his war. He simply looks at the likes of Yalmar Schacht and says, you know, whatever you do, here's what I want, here's what I must have, go and make it happen. And Hitler believes his um, ability to order and to dictate are enough, and this will help to um, come around harsh economic realities. The problems began for Schacht in about 1935. In 1934, um, Schacht's um, new plan, his um, economic um, model to manage rearmament and also manage inflation and the balance of pa- uh, payments crisis temporarily succeeds. By 1935, um, there is a huge um, balance of payments crisis, and this runs into 1936. Balance of payments to non-economists is the uh, balance uh, between imports and exports uh, and the amount of gold. Um, the gold reserves have to be shifted to other countries as a result. If a country is a net importer, it has a balance of payments deficit. And if it's a net exporter, it has a balance of payments surplus. 
and Germany had become a, a net importer, um, partly because German workers who were um, pouring into the munitions industries found that they had large quantities of uh, disposable income and there weren't the consumer goods uh, to purchase because of the huge amount of resources pouring into the, the arms industries. Yalmar um, Schacht had um, tried to encourage exports. He had forced creditor countries um, to take as payment of German debts, debts special marks which could only be used for buying German goods or for travel in Germany. It's something that would be uh, no doubt very un unattractive. He um, introduced uh, a tax on firms which was used to subsidise exports. Um, the, uh, these initiatives were only able to um, kind of mitigate um, a fundamental problem, which is the huge increase in demand for imports um, because of the um, work creation programmes and rearmament programmes. So not only did uh, German consumers with new uh, disposable income want to spend more but also the German economy is bringing in imports of steel and all sorts of other things uh, consistently from overseas. The growth of the economy at home um, meant that um, firms found it more attractive to sell on the home market um, than to try to export overseas to get through protectionist barriers, face fierce competition and with all the costs of exporting that exporting normally has anyway. And the um, fundamental issue was one of guns and butter. There was a clear relationship between rearmament and the standard of living of ordinary people, and Schacht said in November 1938, Reduced to a simple formula, the problem is as follows. The credit money made available for armament purposes produces a demand for consumer goods through the payment of wages and salaries. The armament manufacturers, however, deliver military goods which are produced not, uh, but not put on the market. From this, um, from this follow two consequences. First, care must be given that aside from an armament manufacturer, a manufacturer, sufficient consumer goods are produced to sustain the population, including those working for the armaments industry. Second, the less there is consumed, the more labour can be used for armaments, but the higher consumption rises, the more manpower must be left for the production of consumer goods. Therefore, the standard of living uh, and the extent of the armaments production are, an in, uh, are at an inverse ratio. Something Hitler doesn't understand um, and isn't interested in and doesn't care about. Hitler's view of himself as dictator is that simply orders are given uh, and obeyed and the vision that Hitler wants will be created. This sort of a complex kind of stuff Hitler views as simply as excuses. Simply sweep these problems away, he says. But um, e economies very rarely respond to these kinds of demands. Germany's foreign exchange reserves couldn't pay for both rearmament and consumer goods um, in term when we're, we're talking about uh, imports. And since 1933, German agricultural production had failed to keep pace with rising demand, um, and which had followed increasing employment. And this was partly because the, the Reich Food Estate, which was um, Hitler's reorganisation of farms, had discouraged expansion and made expansion 
um, of farms unattractive. Um, and it had meant that what was keeping a sm- the smaller farm was the way in which um, farmers could charge high prices. So you had expensive foods and not much, uh, and um, low supply. Now, Schacht was no um, kind of uh, dove on the subject of rearmament, and he um, wanted to make sure that um, rearmament was prioritised when it came to foreign exchange, when it came to uh, reserves of um, uh, foreign currency that Germany had in order to buy steel from America and things like that. Um, and he was reluctant to uh, portion more, um, a, a bigger percentage of foreign exchange to um, foodstuffs. But he did suggest to Hitler that the breakneck pace of rearmament was something that was unsustainable, and in the long term it would be better to slow down. By December 1935, Schacht has to tell Werner von Blomberg, the defence minister, that um, the, the doubling of copper and lead imports that had been demanded by the armed forces were now, it was now impossible, um, and that um, raw material supplies for rearmament couldn't be guaranteed even at the existing level. And so um, Hitler is starting to face a significant problem when it comes to his rearmament programme. Um, a possible solution would have been to um, boost exports to get the foreign currency, much in the way that um, countries such as, I mean, for example, the Soviet Union during the 1930s had poured, um, uh, been happy to weather famines in order to export grain, in order to raise foreign currency, in order to uh, industrialize, and um, the so the boosting of foreign exports was one method. Germany, however, was carrying out uh, import controls and um, concluding bilateral trade um, trade deals, and so it was unlikely, unless you're starting to uh, conclude multilateral trade deals and allow imports to flow into the country, um, it is unlikely that other countries are going to simply sit back and embrace German exports. The other option was to cut down on imports to meet um, the demand for raw materials um, and, as far as possible, to expand home production. So here we see the origins of autarky, of autarkic thinking. And this is, again, something that Schacht later on becomes hugely uh, opposed to. And autarky, um, the uh, drive for self-sufficiency, is a, a policy of uh, very, very limited benefits. Trying to expand agriculture was problematic. There was a short labour supply in the countryside, and the countryside could not uh, compete with the towns and cities um, in terms of wages, therefore to um, attract people to to remain there. Um, and in, in addition to this, industry itself faced all sorts of, um, all sorts of pressures um, for, for resources, as we've seen, um, particularly oil. Romania, which was uh, Germany's biggest supplier of oil, began to insist that their, um, um, their imports, their exports to Germany were paid for in cash, not wanting, and in fully convertible currency, not wanting to rely on, uh, on, on uh, Germany's creditworthiness. One solution 
that was uh, presented by the chemical giant IG Farben was the production of synthetic um, oil and rubber, um, which could become which could be uh, derived from uh, cracking coal. Um, it was hoped that the German government would put up a, a significant uh, amount of finance to underwrite the research and industrial processes um, to create this um, the hydrogena hydrogenation process. The um, rubber plant that the the IG Farben eventually built is the Bunewerks at Auschwitz Monowitz, um, which uh, can be seen by uh, even now by uh, visitors to um, um, Oswiecim. Um, if you're on the road from Krakow to Oswiecim, it's kind of on your left at about half halfway through the journey. You'll see two huge chimneys, um, and it's still uh, it's still a going concern. One of the first great um, uh, supporters of the um, synthetic fuel uh, industry was Hermann Goering. He was vitally interested that the, the fuel-hungry Luftwaffe had uh, an unlimited supply of um, aviation fuel in order to power planes. And uh, the influence that Goering had over Hitler decided the matter. And on the 4th of April 1936, Goering was first appointed um, Commissioner of Raw Materials um, and this gave him the authority to further um, re uh, research and development into synthetic. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Fuel. Shanks realized that this appointment was a threat to his position. 
and um, was uh, entirely wary of uh, Goering's um, intervention into the workings of the economy. And the view that Schacht had on synthetic uh, or ersatz uh, raw materials was that they were uneconomic. The um, transformation of uh, coal into oil is f- fantastically inefficient. Uh, and it, uh, Schacht believed would be unsustainable during a war. It was far better to find uh, more sensible economic solutions that would uh, appeal to Romania uh, and other importers of raw materials and help and prevent the German economy from, from overheating. Schacht said to uh, Werner von Blomberg, If we now proclaim to the world yet again our determination to achieve economic independence, we will be cutting our own throats because we can no longer last out the necessary transition period. In addition, it must be continually emphasised that German raw materials are at the moment much too expensive to be used in goods intended for export, and only exports can make possible further rearmament. Bloomberg replied, Herr Schacht, I realise that you're absolutely right, but I'm convinced that the Führer will find a way out of all these difficulties. People were really saying that all the way up to 1945. This faith in the Führer uh, was undimmed uh, amongst many of his ministers right until the end. And it was the, the assumption that Hitler, in some mystical way, uh, unknown to mere mortals, would find a way through somehow, because that's kind of what he did. So, um, this is the, 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 the fantasy, really. Karl Gerdler... Um, who was the Reich Price Commissioner uh, and later one of the Beck Girdler Group um, and a, 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 a opponent of um, Hitler suggested that um, imports should be cut um, and that there should be a return to freer trade, so tariff barriers brought down. Um, this uh, was verging on suggesting that there should be a return to mass unemployment. Uh, and so this was ruled uh, ruled out. But because Schacht and Gerdler were opponents of autarky, um, they had the support of much of German commerce and the export-minded parts of industry. Um, and this was uh, the, the coal, iron and steel industries um, tended to support Schacht and Gerdler. And in this a uh, moment of opposition during August 1936 Hitler uh, composed one of the, the following uh, memoranda Albert Speer later uh, set eyes upon it in 1944 when it was presented to him by Hitler um, and Speer wrote the lack of understanding of the Reich Ministry for Economics and the opposition of German business to all large scale plans induced him, Hitler to compose this memorandum at Obersalzburg. Uh, on the occasion of Goering's appointment, uh, as the official in charge of the four-year plan, he gave him this memorandum. There are only three copies, one of which he gave to me. It's a long and rambling tract, and I'm not going to read it to you all, because um, it would take a, a long time um, not much of it is of any meaningful value. It is Hitler's kind of rather general uh, observations uh, on the world. But um, when he discusses the economy, he makes the following points. He says, firstly, he claims 
We are overpopulated and cannot feed ourselves from our own resources. When our nation has 6 or 7 million unemployed, the food situation improves because these people lack purchasing power. It naturally makes a difference whether 6 million people have 40 marks a month to spend or 100 marks. It should not be overlooked that a third of all who earn their living uh, is involved. That is to say, uh, uh, um, that is to say that taken as a proportion of the total population through the national socialist economic policy, about 28 million people have been afforded an increase in their standard of living, an average uh, from at least 50 marks a month to 100, 120 marks. So people have more disposable income. But this rise in employment fail. But if this rise in employment fails to take place, the effect of undernourishment will be uh, that a higher percentage of the population which must gradually be deducted from the body of our nation, so far as it, uh, uh, its effective contribution is concerned. Thus, despite the difficult food situation, the most important task of our economic policy is to see that all uh, all Germans are incorporated in the economic process, so that prerequisites for normal consumption are created. So um, there he was talking uh, about um, ensuring that all Germans are, are, are employed, part of the, um, the, the kind of the work to, to build the nation. Hitler recognised that imports needed to be uh, encouraged for the time being, that um, exporting was very difficult and that um, there was uh, intense competition uh, in world markets, um, he said, it's however impossible to use foreign exchange allocated for the purchase of raw materials to import foodstuffs without inflicting a heavy and perhaps even fatal blow on the rest. But above all, it's absolutely impossible to do this at the expense of national rearmament. So people, in, in Hitler's eyes, could go hungry if it meant that rearmament was um, safeguarded. He goes on to, um, to talk about um, war. I must at this point sharply reject the view that by restricting national rearmament, that is to uh, today, um, the manufacture of arms and ammunition, we could bring about an enrichment in raw materials that might benefit Germany in the event of war. Such is a view based on a complete misconception. To put it mildly, the tasks are, uh, and military requirements that lie um, to put it mildly of the tasks and military requirements that lie before us, for even a successful saving of raw materials by reducing, for instance, the production of munitions, would merely mean that we should stockpile these raw materials in the time of peace, so as to manufacture them only in the event of war. So that is to say, we should be depriving ourselves uh, during the most critical months of munitions uh, in exchange for raw copper, uh, lead, and possibly iron. Hitler goes on to say it would be better to convert all raw materials, um, metal raw materials, into munitions as quickly as possible. Um, you don't really want to uh, start a war and have stockpiles of uh, raw materials instead of weapons, uh, which, I mean, this, this just focuses on his, um, his, precisely what he is interested in at this time, which is all things moving towards war. But he says... War makes possible the mobilisation of even the last remaining supplies of metal, for then it becomes not an economic problem but solely a question of will, and the national socialist leadership of the country will not how, uh, only have the will, but also the resolution and toughness necessary to solve these problems in the event of war. So Hitler is again there not thinking in particularly coherent economic terms. He believes that economics is something that can be suborned to his own personal political will and the uh, the interests of war
Going was made um, plenipotentiary for the four-year plan in uh, October uh, 1936, um, which is when, when the plan is put into action. And he began to develop an organisation for putting the four-year plan into operation. Um, he had two different strategies. He developed a separate four-year plan organisation with six departments responsible for raw materials, the distribution of those raw materials, labour force, agricultural production, um, price controls and foreign exchange. And responsibility for the production of raw materials was given to uh, the Office uh, for German Raw Materials and the Office for Planning and Production of Industrial Fats. The coordination of these six departments was carried out by um, one of his uh, subordinates from the Prussian State Ministry, who was also made head of the four-year plan department, uh, Neumann. Um, and the uh, most significant of the departments was the Office for German Raw Materials, which were, had responsibility uh, for um, the main objective of the four-year plan, which was creating, producing warm, um, raw materials. They, um, the office was staffed by um, Air Force officers, because obviously this was um, another one of Goering's many portfolios, and representatives from industry. Um, the most significant, significant being Karl Krauch from IG Farben, and the responsibility, Krauch being responsibility for the development of, it says um, in some of the uh, official documentation, vital chemicals. But what it means is synthetic fuel. So because Goering was in charge of the office of the four-year plan, um, and because he had previously taken an interest, despite Schacht's advice on synthetic fuel, the top level of the Office of the Four-Year Plan were Air Force officers, Luftwaffe officers, that wanted synthetic fuel, and IG Farben engineers and scientists that wanted the finance to be able to create it. The Four-Year Plan focused on the Raw Materials Office, focused on oil, rubber, light metals, and, of course, gunpowder and explosives. Um, and these were fast-tracked into a special express plan, which was run by Karl Krauch. Um, the Krauch plan, uh, which was introduced on the 30th of June 1938, covered was meant to again cover a four-year period, um, but it was widely thought that war would come a, a lot sooner uh, than that. OK, well, I, I'm going to finish there now. Um, I've gone a little further into that than um, I've intended, so we'll we'll come back to the the four year plan soon, um, and uh, I hope you found that useful. If you are um, looking for any additional kind of um, material and ideas and interested generally in the exciting world of modern history, you can check out the Explaining History Facebook group. Uh, there'll be a link uh, in this podcast, um, and uh, come and join us. Uh, look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks very much. All the best. Bye-bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.